Welcome to the Women Influencers in Business and CRE podcast. I am Veronica Malala, CCIM, founder and CEO of Capital Stack Real Estate Group, a commercial real estate company serving the greater Orlando area. Today's guest is Barbie Reuter, CEO of PyCore and 2022 Global President of Crew Network. We spoke about her fantastic career story and the impact she's made and received from Crew. You will definitely enjoy this wonderful episode. Please don't forget to hit that thumbs up button and subscribe below. I welcome your comments and please share with someone who can benefit from this podcast. Good morning, Barbie. How are you today? Good morning. I'm so well. How are you? I am great. Always a blessing to be able to say to someone that things are well. Well, first of all, let me thank you for gracing our podcast this morning. And I am just so excited because we get a chance for you to share your story, how you grew up in your environment, and how you got to where you are today. So if you don't mind, please tell us. Thank you. So I'm in Tucson, Arizona. I've been in Southern Arizona since I was 12. Moved here with my mom and sisters in the late 70s after my parents had divorced. We were living in Colorado. And so those first years of my life were you know, the the typical stay-at-home mom and my dad was a teacher. Both my parents had kind of education backgrounds and uh, we were in Colorado. And and after my parents divorced, it was it was tough for our family and we needed a support system. And my grandparents had retired to Southern Arizona from Connecticut. And so we moved here really to be close to them. And it was my mom, my two sisters and I, and it was a bit of an adventure. And my mom didn't think she was going to have to do it alone, but she was a very strong force of nature. And it feels like, you know, for her, it was always two steps forward, two steps back. She worked very hard and sacrificed a lot for us. Uh, Didn't always feel like we didn't have much, but I think that's the way it was. Things were a little bit simpler then. And we had that, that safety net of having family around us, but, but it was a strong single parent family household and saw what it took to overcome adversity and persevere, did well in school. So I was always working, worked through high school. Um, You know, it was just the ethic that I grew up with. And I also wanted nice things. And so I kind of grew up wearing clothes that my grandmother made for us. And you get to that age where you care a little bit more about what people think about you. And so I worked, I saved, and I was really put in a position of being financially responsible at an age younger than people should have to do that because my mother wouldn't talk to my dad. And so we negotiated things. I negotiated things that, you know, 12 year olds, 13 year olds shouldn't have to be in the middle of, but you know, when I look back, I think it's probably what helped me be as financially responsible as I am and to have some of that foundation. But I I completely fell into my career. I expected I would go to a, li- a liberal arts college back east. That's where my parents met, applied to some of those schools, but really was afraid, afraid that I couldn't afford to come home for Christmas afraid, was not a huge risk taker growing up and opted for safety and security. And safety and security for me was the University of Arizona, which was here. So I could be an off-campus student, live with mom, work. And um, and I had worked 
through high school. And then <laughs> I have this great story about how not going to the senior prom was the catalyst for being in the career I'm in today and the company that I've had my whole career with. And, you know, when I was growing up, it was my grandparents who, my grandfather, who would go work for the man and work there for his entire career and retire and get the gold watch. And that doesn't happen these days, but I have had my entire career with one company. And it started prom night, my senior year in high school, when my best friend and I didn't have prom dates. We went out to dinner with our choir director and his wife. And his wife happened to be the assistant of the top producing commercial real estate agent in Tucson. And they were really busy. I knew nothing about commercial real estate. But in that summer, kind of between my high school graduation and starting college, I started typing leases for them on Saturdays, in addition to my other part-time job, because they needed the help. How and interesting. Yeah, it was being in the right place at the right time and opportunity knocking and kind of seizing the day. Wouldn't have known the path that would happen from there. But I ended up, he started our company, PyCore, six months later. And it was a boutique brokerage company with industrial, with four brokers, two men, two women. They were the only two female industrial brokers in the market. So I saw what was possible. And one Saturday, he's opening his mail as I'm typing leases and holds up a commission check in, this is in the mid 80s for mid $40,000 and says, this is what you can do in this business. And I am sure my mother's annual salary at that time, that that was easily two or three times what her salary was. And so, you know, it lights a fire. It shows you what's possible at the time, not driven by wealth or achievement. It was really more about security and stability and kind of he's planting these seeds of what's possible. And then um, he started the company we job shared, uh, another student and I job shared the admin role. And I did that for the first three semesters at the university. I changed my major three times. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I got to that crossroads where I needed to move out of mom's house. And so I needed a full-time job to do that. I couldn't afford to do it on my halftime wages. And I approached my our founder and he said, I don't really have a full-time job for you, but if you work half-time, continue doing admin, you know, I believe in you, I'll pay for your real estate license, you can intern with the brokers and we'll see what happens. And that, I took a semester, I had a four-year scholarship, I put it on hold. They were kind enough to put it on hold for me for a semester so I could do this and figure out what was next. <laughs> and then as I was interning, we fell into our first opportunity to manage a property and that was the beginning of a 20-year property management career. I started and led and grew that division. And um, it was a great career. Our founder assured the initial brokers that he hired uh, that he would provide a path to equity in the company and delivered on that six or seven years after he started the firm and I was in the initial ownership group, the only woman. I was 26 and um, the only person who wasn't a broker because really brokerage was the primary uh, driver of our business and property management was the, the other service line. And then after 20 years, I had grown the group and uh, moved somebody into my role and had an opportunity to move into company leadership. And that became kind of the, the succession planning path to uh, taking over for our founder when he stepped down first as president in 2017 and then CEO in 2020. 
Wow, congratulations. That is amazing how you are driven by, I think, perhaps in my mind, as I hear you speak about your story, the same drive that maybe your mother had in in making sure that there was security and stability. So I, I love that, Barbie. I love that. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about maybe one particular challenge, not necessarily in your career, but maybe through life and perhaps a blend of both that you can speak about. Oh, we have so many challenges, don't oh, we? <laughs> to choose just one. Well, you know, when we talk about inspiring women in the business, and I think you and I are both passionate about that. I know that when I started in my career, there was this whole, you know, the 80s, dress like a man, shoulder pads, bow ties. We, you know, we remember that where you had to be like the guys to, to be taken seriously and, and to, to grow your career. But um, I was in a very supportive environment when I started my career. I didn't feel like gender was a limiting factor. What was the most challenging for me was overcoming youth and inexperience and wanting to be taken seriously and credibly when you don't know what you don't know. And so building that, that those first building blocks of your career, when you don't have all the answers and we never have all the answers, but we think we should and wanting to be taken seriously is where I started. And how did you overcome? Did you go for classes in yeah. in property management or even in brokerage? How did you yeah. overcome? Completely. Well, I talked about putting my my degree on hold. And what I did, I tried to go back after a semester and full-time school, full-time work, and it I I didn't do both well. And so I was so focused on building my credibility that I focused on on training, on classes. It was at that time the BOMI courses because I was in property management. And so I was doing designation courses towards, which was both learning and establishing my credibility and having some initials after my name. And um, and then I think also when you're young, it's about being hyper-professional so that you're taken seriously. And so I was very conscious, I think, before you know personal brand was a thing that... Yeah that's what I was conveying. And that's what I needed to protect pretty fiercely. That's amazing how you did that intuitively. Because let's face it, most people, young people are probably lost thinking, okay, what do I do next? And it's amazing to me how I think that the idea of having a degree is probably not the only path. Agreed. Agreed. I totally agree. And I grew up with educator parents who believed in it. I always felt and knew I would get a degree. And I went back and finished my degree. I think I was 30, 31 when I got my bachelor's and it was unfinished business for me. You know, I don't, I didn't feel like I needed it at the time, but it felt like the right thing to do. But you're right. There are so many paths and there are so many, that's one of the things that I think is beautiful these days that the opportunities for people to learn and grow in non-traditional environments uh, are there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you could go on YouTube and learn so much. I mean, fixing stuff or even learning about basic accounting or finance. It, it's it's amazing. You're, you're absolutely correct. And you know, the new generation, that's what they do all day long. They search for everything, which is fantastic. 
I wanted to ask about influence. Now, the title of our podcast is Women Influencers in Business and CRE. And you are a very influential figure in crew. And if you don't mind, talk a little bit about crew and your role in crew. What is crew? And how you feel your influence and impact has made a difference in that organization. I love talking about crew because it's been the privilege of my career to to serve crew. Crew is an acronym for commercial real estate women, and it's Crew Network. Crew Network is over 14,000 members in now 18 countries around the world. And I joined crew... 20 years ago when we chartered our chapter in Tucson, Crew Tucson. And when you join Crew, you join a chapter or you join at large if you're not close to a city that has one. But then you become part of this greater network. And the mission of Crew is to transform the commercial real estate industry by advancing the achievements of women. And you know we have this opportunity to make a difference. And making a difference is really what drives me every day. And so I can make a difference... In my business, you know, there's business to business networking. That's kind of at the core. I can make a difference by uh, mentoring. There was a time when I needed mentors, and now I'm at a point in my career where I can give back and mentor others. Uh, some of that's one on one, and some of that's in larger settings. But we make a difference in our communities. We make a difference in the industry, and um, it's really been an amazing organization. Now, for the sake of our audience, Barbie, tell us a little bit about your role specifically in Crew, as far as the organization. What, what it's, have you? Sure, it's been a uh, it's been a variety of roles over the years. I, I mean, I joined as a member. I'm a serial joiner, and uh, <laughs> there, here's this here's this new organization in Tucson that's all successful women in commercial real estate, and it's a place where you can go and not be the only woman in the room, which happens to us so often. So I was a member, and then I got on a committee, and then I chaired a committee, and then I got on the board, and then I led the board, and then I became a delegate to uh, the the network and attended my first group convention where there were you know, 1,400 dynamic people who all want you to succeed. And then I joined the the board, the Crew Network board in 2015 and 16, which was perfect timing kind of in between my leadership roles when I was was ready for something more and things were moving a little more slowly than than I needed. And it it was a tremendous opportunity to serve and grow. And when we're crew network board members, we're liaisons to chapters. And at that point, I got to visit chapters in the Pacific Northwest and in Western Canada. And then I got back to my my role. And and after I became CEO, someone nominated me for president-elect of Crew Network. And I became president in 2022. And this is my last year on the board as past president. And it's just been a, a tremendous, tremendous experience. And just for clarity, when you say board, this is the global board. This is the global board. Yes, yes. It's a it's a board. It's the, the most strategic, best supported board I've ever been on. Uh, the Crew Network staff handles the operations so that the board can be strategic and really uh, make a difference in research and leadership development and introducing young women to careers in the industry. And one of the things that makes Crew unique is that it's multidisciplinary. It's not just brokers. It is every 
field uh, of commercial real estate that it takes to do a transaction from end to end or development from ground up. And so you've got architects, engineers, title people, lawyers, brokers, managers, developers, engineers, you name it. Oh, fantastic. I love, love that you've actually just really articulated everything about crew commercial real estate women. Now, I wanted to ask you, if there was one piece of advice that you could give to our audience today, what would that be? I I get asked this question when I'm I'm talking about the careers and starting your career and what would you do differently? And I think I think it's around risk taking and taking calculated risks and not being afraid to fail. I was so afraid of failure when I was younger that it kept me from some tremendous experiences. And when you have that aha moment and you realize that failure is growth and an opportunity, then I think it frees you. And so, you know, my advice would be not to be afraid to step out of your comfort zone, to take those calculated risks, to do things that stretch you and good things, good things come of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I tell my kids all the time, there are only two moments in life, a learning moment or a teaching moment. So I I totally, totally appreciate what you just said there. So we've actually come to the portion of the interview where I get to pass on the mic to you and you get to ask me a question. So please go ahead. Oh, this is fun when the tables are turned, right? Ah, yeah. (laughs) Well, um, I did a little homework and I learned that we have some things in common. We're both from blended families and we've experienced, you know, the, the, when a marriage doesn't work and we go through some some dark times and you've had some challenges as well. Your daughter had brain cancer, serious brain cancer when she was a baby. Stage, yeah. four. Stage four brain cancer. And and this is this is the kind of stuff that that can knock people down. And so, you know, we we all go through bad things, but I'm a believer that that good things come from adversity. And so, you know, what is it? that you have learned from that? What great outcomes or characteristics have you developed as a result of the most challenging times that you've been through? Sure. And thank you for the question. I will say that the time that I moved to the United States, not only was I going to be consequently an immigrant, it wasn't really my choice to move here, but I got divorced that year. And then Fast forward in 2003, and that was a long, long sort of time lapse. When my daughter was born, we obviously had that dark time when my daughter was diagnosed with stage four brain cancer, which thankfully, and, you know, by miracle, she is 20 years old and thriving. So when I think about that question, I really think about firstly, The times when I became an immigrant, which was not of my choice, right? I think that the way that I survived really is to just push through. Because at that point, you really don't have a choice. You're going to have to survive. So pushing through was really what, what got most of people like me to survive. Because we don't have a community here. We are in a place where we don't really know 
where we're going to end up, because I started in California. And by the way, most Asians start in California (laughs) because it's closer to the Pacific and consequently moved to the East Coast and remarried to my now husband. And he and I had our daughter. But when my daughter got sick, not only did I have to push through, I had to really, really get deeper in my faith. So it's really surviving with a prayer. Mm. And I, and I think that it's okay to say that Mm -hmm. Okay, to say that in the deepest, darkest moments of your life, it's okay to dig deep and really understand that there's a, a bigger being than you. Yes. That you have to have faith and you have to believe that good things will happen, but you just have to be patient. That's all. And you have to believe so that would be my my answer to that. I wanted yeah. to uh, just be vulnerable and just say exactly how I got through that situation. And Barbie, I want to thank you so much for spending the time with me today. I know you're a very, very busy woman. And when I think about the type of women who tune in that I hope will continue to tune into this podcast, I think that it's important for people like you who share a lot of nuggets that they are able to draw even little lessons that they could easily apply to their life. So thank you, Barbie. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's my pleasure. If I can just um, add a quote that I heard at our crew convention, kind of related to this overcoming adversity, Uh, Robin Benincasa, she is a world-class adventure racer. And she said, it's not about the setback. It's about the comeback. Yes, it's resilience and this ability to grow after defeat or challenge or adversity or darkness is really powerful. I love that. Thank you. I, I absolutely love that. Well, I wish you the very best. I know the holidays are coming. And so I wish you and your family a lot of happiness and joy. And uh, I'm sure I will be seeing you in some of our meetings that are happening once a month. Absolutely. I thank you, Barbie. I appreciate you so much. Thank you.